Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Before we get to these episodes, I want to thank the following sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com. Guys, I wanted to remind you that the GoHunt mapping app is now available for Android and iPhone users. The GoHunt maps are included in your Insider membership. You can go to GoHunt.com forward slash J. Scott and sign up for the GoHunt Insider you're going to get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card just for signing up. So not only will you have the unbelievable assets of the Go Hunt Insider with the draw odds, the statistics, the harvest data, all of the strategy articles, but now you're going to have desktop mapping. You're going to have the access to the mobile app. Uh, it's available on Android and iPhone. Guys, something new as well with Go Hunt. Anything in the Go Hunt Gear Shop, if you use the J. Scott promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount on some amazing gear. Guys, I want to remind you, if you have any optical needs at all, whether it be binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, tripods, anything to do with glassing, give my friend Cody Nelson at Go Hunt a call. He's the optics manager. You can reach him at 702-847-8747. You can email him at optics at gohunt.com. You can also send him a text or call him on his cell phone, 602-399-3699. Gohunt.com also has the Summer of Elk giveaway. In this giveaway, there's several ways to enter. You get one entry if you subscribe to GoHunt emails, three entries if you spend $250 in the GoHunt gear shop, 10 entries if you join the GoHunt Insider. This Summer of Elk giveaway is $15,000 in gear and a 2022 New Mexico rifle elk tag. The Summer of Elk giveaway started on June 14th and ends August 31st at 11.59 p.m. Go to GoHunt.com. To sign up, I want to thank GoHunt.com for their continued sponsorship of this podcast. I also want to thank Kuyu, that's K U I U.com, Kuyu.com, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That is the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. Go to Kuyu.com to find out more. Also, Phonescope.com, use the J Scott promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount. J Scott 21 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount at phonescope.com. That's the digiscoping adapter uh, that I use to take uh, videos and photos on my iPhone. Guys, I want to thank you for your support of this podcast and support of the sponsors. Let's get right to this episode. Guys, welcome to the J Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I've got my friend Jordan Christensen of The Draw on the phone. Jordan, how you doing? Very good, Jay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you about the Lone Star State. You had contacted me a little while back saying that you had some news about some uh, great hunts and stuff in Texas. And so I thought uh, having a podcast, just having a chat about it would be good. Bring a little bit of awareness uh, to the Lone Star State. And um, I know we've got a lot of hunters that, that love to hunt Texas. So I'm curious to see what you've got up your sleeve. Yeah, we're we're more and more excited about this all the time jay it's uh we kind of uh started maybe even oh back at the turn of the year when uh you know things were just starting to ramp up we started looking at it uh close things kind of got chaotic with the normal application season and as things kind of 
mellowed out a little bit after Colorado. Um, probably since that deadline, we've just been building more and more momentum um, into what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. And the long story short, unfortunately, is that there's there's almost 600 different choices to apply for in Texas for public land hunting. Um, most of these are on like state parks and wildlife management areas. And yet uh, through all of the phone calls and research and just hours of time, looking at each and every location as well as each hunt within each location, um, we ended up whittling it down to what's probably only about 30 different destinations across the state. And then within those destinations, um, you have different hunt offerings. And, and it seemed like overall we've, we've got about 80 different hunts that we found that if someone was from out of state and kind of staying with, you know, even just a little bit within us as a team, it was like just a simple question based on the success rates, the quality of animals and things like that. Would I go to Texas for this? Would I drive halfway across the country to go and do this hunt? Because, um, and I say with almost 600 options, it's too bad. There was only about 80 of them that ended up making the cut, but, that was the whole idea is let's just really dig in here deep and there's very little there's there's lots of stuff on forums there's even a few articles that have been written over the years about some of this stuff but as a general rule it was really uh, there, there's not much out there about it and especially not much about where it, you know where outside of just i drew this tag on a forum does anybody know anything about it and then maybe if we're lucky a little bit after the fact of the hunt to find out how it went so um it took us a long time but uh, we're pretty excited about what we found and we think um guys who are looking for diy type hunting experiences that don't break the bank uh texas oddly enough i mean to me it's almost even shocking how good the stuff that we did find was for guys that are looking to do some really fun stuff without feeling like they got to spend a pile of money every time they walk out of their house for sure um why don't you go through kind of the process of you know buying the license what's what's involved with that or draw or and, yep. and how it works and kind of go through that and then you can kind of go through the hunts themselves yep so how texas works is is they call it a loyalty point program jay which is a little different than anybody else calls it for us that play the game a lot it, it is in fact a bonus point system and oddly enough it's very similar to washington state's point system meaning that they cube your points um instead of instead of just squaring them like uh nevada or montana uh, or just having a point like utah and arizona so it's bonus points means kind of a bucket of raffle tickets but they cube them and then where it gets a little bit even more different is that they cubed them categorically. So when you apply, let's just take gun mule deer, for example. Um, what we found is there was seven rifle mule deer hunts in Texas that, that are quality hunts. Good success rates, nice deer, sometimes big deer um, coming off of those areas. And uh, let's just say somebody's been applying for four years and hasn't drawn that because they're they're accumulating those points categorically 
then you actually have four cubed, which is 64 tickets in all seven. If you chose to apply for all seven, all seven of those of those opportunities. So 64 in each bucket. And then how they how you get into each bucket is there isn't any pre-required hunting license or anything like that in Texas. It's just $3 per selection. So three for adults, $3 per selection for adults. If you're successful drawing, there's no automatic charge on your card. It's similar to say Alaska or Idaho deer, elk and antelope in this regard that, that they just notify you that you have now have the opportunity to go on on this hunt and uh and so it's kind of a really low risk low cost opportunity that you can jump in on and and kind of have that many more chances to go on a hunt any given year within your normal application strategy the other nice thing is that lots of stuff not not all of it but most all of it is kind of that december january february time frame which is kind of the heat of the the hunting season in texas so for lots of us it's not interfering much at all with what our normal uh hunting schedule is unless maybe you're jay scott and you're going coos deer hunting and ghouls hunting all (laughs) right 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 down in 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 that part of the the year but um off-season hunts as a general rule and three dollars per selection to apply if you're an adult per per selection they have a number of different youth-only opportunities. They're actually only zero dollars to apply, and and zero dollars if if you draw. As keeping kind of in that same context of the cost, right, Jay? Like we want to be real clear, like what guys are getting themselves into. So already, it almost sounds too good to be true. Three dollars a pop, no upfront hunting license, and they don't charge your card um, when you draw. What we should expect as as adults applying for this stuff is that there is an access fee uh, that is due if you choose to go on the hunt in most all of them. Not not every one of them, but most of them. And I can't really figure out a rhyme or reason why one is different than the other. But what I can tell you is it's either $80 or it's $130. It's one or the other on probably 95% of them for adults if they if they're successful drawing so if you you draw and you choose to go then you you buy the you you spend the money on the access fee and then uh, as far as licensing is concerned if it's an exotic hunt or a hog hunt then we would want to buy like a five-day non-game license for texas which is an additional 48 dollars if it happens to be either a mule deer or a whitetail or an antelope, then we're going to end up needing to buy that super combo license, uh, which is uh, essentially your deer permits in Texas, which is $315. And one more, if it happened to be a archery hunt, then there is a $7 archery stamp. So kind of worst case scenario, it w- you draw deer, you decide to go, and you're going to be on the hook for about $450 in licensing if you choose choose to go on the hunt that you've drawn um if it's a exotic hunt we're looking at worst case scenario even with the archery stamp under 180 bucks and and all of your licensing i mean nowadays it seems like the gas money for most of us is probably going to be more expensive than any of the licensing or access that we would have to pay upon successfully drawing okay makes sense um 
And then you talked a little bit about the species. So go through them one more time of, of the exact animals that you're talking about applying for. Sure. So uh, how we kind of broke it down here is is uh, somewhat of a mirror image of what Texas is doing um, and, and how they're building points categorically. Now, we did deviate from that just a little bit um, because of some stuff that we found, and I'll explain that. But as a general rule, we have a category for alligators. There's five different hunts in Texas that we felt like uh, if you're up for an alligator hunt and you would like to do it more on a DIY frame, then, then that is one option. This one, different than any others, Jay, is it's very exclusive to gators. So almost every other hunt that I'm going to mention here has additional opportunities to hunt other things while you're there. Almost all of them have unlimited hogs. If you draw a tag for anything in Texas other than gators, you can you've got a primary species and then you have unlimited hogs while you're there as well now they also have specific draws for feral hogs which um there is actually lots of them in texas when it when it really broke down to it we ended up again with only about five that that we figured if somebody's coming to texas for a hog hunt it really needs to be outstanding and what 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 we did there is it actually it, it covers a couple categories but there are five applications and one of them for example is a is a location called the copper breaks well the the copper breaks actually it's an incredible hog hunt but the hunt that you draw the texas category is an antlerless spike deer hunt so it's actually a tag that you're drawing to go on a deer hunt for either a spike or a doe whitetail and in the meantime success rates on that on that on the deer portion of that aren't ever all that good right there there's not a whole lot of deer and yet the dozen guys that get, get to go in there are killing 60 hogs in three days and it's wow. like yeah sign me up for that that sounds amazing <laughs> uh to so that's where we there is some some slight changes but I would want to go if I was going to do a hog hunt. I was interested in that. I would want to know that although that's an antlerless whitetail hunt that I'm putting in for, we didn't put it in that category. Even though Texas does, you want to go there because it's the hog hunting in early December is unbelievable. Um, the 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 exotics. Uh, well, even just a little bit more straightforward. The gun mule deer is just mule deer and it's also just uh all the rest of those are exclusively unlimited hogs as well the gun whitetails get a little bit different they're obviously really good whitetail hunts surprisingly good whitetail hunts um a lot of 145 to 155 class deer and and more 170 type deer than i would have ever dreamed of jay like like one of them that I'll call out specifically that that is kind of a a great example that maybe some of the listeners would be familiar with. There's a there's a booking agency that's been around for a long time. It's a great guy's named Jack Brittingham. Jack has a ranch down in South Texas that is is absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best South Texas whitetail hunting operations in the country. And it just and it's a low fence whitetail hunt. They shoot very, very big deer. 180 plus deer is not uncommon at all well there's a wildlife management area 
that's 3,000 acres that borders his ranch. And about a dozen guys a year, 20 guys a year, get to go hunt whitetails on this wildlife management area that borders his. Are most of them holding out for that 180 class deer? Not not even close, right? A lot of them see just a nice old whitetail and they're shooting it. But every couple of years or every other year, whatever it is, somebody does run into because his ranch is low fence. This is low fence. And his ranch is probably being managed, obviously, much stronger than the, than the public land is. And yet anything can happen in the middle of November in the early part of December, right? Those right. Bucks a buck chasing a doe across the fence is nothing. Yeah. And, and so even though to me it seemed a little generic, I might be the most excited about some of the whitetail stuff that I just, obviously, again, there's 30, 40 different options to choose from, or maybe even more than that. We whittled it down to about eight across the state that if you drew one of these and you like whitetail hunting, at the very minimum, you're going to a place that has a track record and a history of producing some unbelievable whitetails, especially for the cost involved in, in how it all comes together. So, Whitetails, mule deer, uh, antelope, pretty much unlimited hogs when you draw them. Some of the whitetails may include unlimited exotics and things like that. They didn't make it to the list because of that. They made it to the list because they're outstanding whitetail hunts, if that makes sense, our uh, internal list, right? The, the exotics, it, probably the, the key species are going to be Audad, Axis deer, Sambar deer, and Nilgai. Now, it's Texas, and some of these places, who knows what's going to, to show up. And in our research, kind of how we, even in some of how we, we dug into this, you know, some of these state parks, some of the wildlife management areas, everybody has Facebook pages, right? And that's where we say anything can happen is because within some of these different places, any given year, the state parks produce, you know, posting up pictures of different successful hunters. And you see a number of, of kind of the primary species of why we would have applied there in the first place. And yet there is a blue wildebeest or there is a psycho deer. There's a, a fallow deer. It, it, most of them have a primary species that you're applying for. And if they made it to our list, it's because they had really high success on really good representations of those species within that. But most all of them have additional opportunities. They also have unlimited hogs on on almost all of them. And it's just a really fun uh, idea of getting to go out and hunt some of this stuff that if you draw, like say, at least licensing piece of it, we're under 200 bucks and you're going on an Audad hunt or an Axis deer hunt, uh, sandbar hunt. You know, it's it's pretty amazing stuff that's happening within that. So that's kind of the, the, the species and how, you know, what we should expect. The gators, the hogs, primarily sandbar, Axis, Audad, and Nilgai for the exotics. Uh, could be anything, but those are kind of the focal species. Whitetails, mule deer. The antelope is a little bit different, but there is some good antelope hunting for guys that would like uh, a little bit more on their hunt plans for chances to go uh, uh, antelope hunting in, in West Texas. Don't you think so, Texas is one of those places that a lot of people just assume is private land and that there's not opportunities? And that while, yeah. while that may be the case, Texas is so big when you start talking about 
you know, maybe a small percentage of quote unquote public land, when, when you've got a state so big, it actually turns into quite a bit of ground, doesn't it? It, it, it really does. And, and then the, the other part about this is like, you know, wh- one thing, Jay, I, I, I've got to believe, I, I even see on some of your question and answers, right? Like something I get asked for a lot is guys will draw a tag and they're not really inclined to go with an outfitter, which is fine, but they, they would like somewhere that's a little bit more managed, not as much hunting pressure and things of that nature, right? And, and, and unfortunately, I don't really have a lot of answers for that usually. Like my, just the way that the business model set up, it doesn't lend itself to lots and lots of those types of relationships. And, and second of all, when guys do find stuff like that, they hold it really close to the chest, right? right? They're like not going to tell anybody. Yeah, right? those are unicorn type relationships uh, that, that we all dream of. Uh, in, in, a, in a roundabout way, this is exactly kind of that. You draw an area that, you know, a state park may have a whole pile of recreational users every year. Mountain bikers, hikers, people coming to the different rivers and different things like that in Texas. But during those hunts, they shut either the entire area down or they shut a large section of it down. And, and they only allow the hunters to go in there. So extremely low hunting pressure per area each year. And it's, it's in a, like say, in a roundabout way, very much what guys are asking for when we draw lots of these different tags across the rest of the Western United States is just give me somewhere that I can go and I don't need anyone to hold my hand and, and I'll go figure it out. And what better... You know, some of these areas, in my opinion, they're a little small, you know, 1,500, 1,800 acres. But, you know, when you look at the success rates and you look at the caliber of animals coming off there year in and year out, it's like, well, maybe it's there's only four of us going in there. It's 1,500 acres. And look at what's coming out. You know, that's the, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? Like that's that that makes sense. Others might be upwards of seven, eight thousand acres, even eleven thousand acres. And they put. 20 guys on there but still it it, it's very low hunting pressure in each of these areas and it operates very much even though it's public land a lot like a private land hunt for the guys who are lucky enough to draw each year and it's just i don't know it's it's the most unique odd situation that i've i've really been i've never uncovered a i've never dove through a state like this and found all these different, it's just so bizarre and different than so much of what we're used to applying for across the country. I totally geeked out about it. Yeah. You know, so people listening that have an interest in what you're talking about, what, what do you, what do you want guys to do as far as finding out this information? What do they need to do? I mean, the best thing would be to call us, right? So between, between the, the five of us consulting here now, you're going to end up on the phone with, you know, anybody, uh, any one of us. And this is kind of a culmination of five months worth of research on everybody's part, to really learning all the different things and then having lots of meetings about it and talking about it and going. So if, if guys were just to call us here at the draw, that's probably the best thing to do to really dive deep into what exactly you know, is going to be the right fit for, for each individual's goals and what they're trying to accomplish. And, and, and maybe to help your listeners too, uh, uh, Jay, before they, you know, I, I 
maybe explain a little bit of what our pricing is. I know we've covered that in other podcasts before, but maybe give them a heads up. Obviously, there's the state fees, but give them a little idea of what we charge and, and what we, you know, it's a little different. Being that we did these packages, uh, I think part of the coolest part about this whole thing is how cheap it is. And we didn't feel like it was a good idea and maybe even just taking a look at our own selves and what we would do if we tried to put it in the same box and say, okay, there's seven mule deer hunts, they're $3 a piece, and uh, we're going to charge 45 bucks per, per application to get them uh, submitted. All of the right, all the reasons to do it now kind of go away. What we did is we kind of created those packages across, and I've mentioned that, and essentially what we're doing is, is – one service fee per category right so if you choose mule deer it's 21 dollars 73 in state fees it's 45 dollars for all you know for that package which includes all seven of the applications and then that goes on each genre and then the other thing that we kind of did uh and went one step further was we did create jay what we called our texas top 10 and our texas top 25 so for guys that want just a little bit more turnkey and and maybe just a little bit more on the very very tippy top of 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 things for for a hundred dollars in in service fees and thirty dollars and 93 cents in state fees we do the texas top 10 which is a which is a mixture of whitetail mule deer and exotics, what we believe to be the very best in the state. And then the Texas top 25 is kind of in that same breath. It's $200 in service fees, $91 and 26 cents in state fees. This one gets a little more broad. We do the whitetails, the mule deer, the exotics, the pigs, the gators, and the antelope all in kind of just a turnkey thing that says, listen, I want to be in this and I just want to be in the very, very best of each of these genres. And then we also have an archery specific, which is back to the $45 in service fees. But guys who would really just prefer hunting with their bows, it's a bit of a more of a mixed bag type thing as well between the whitetails, the exotics and the mule deer. Um, and for $31 in state fees, you're in for 10 of the best archery stuff in the state. So it's uh it's pretty exciting. We're we're totally geeked out about it. We kind of launched this on July 1st, which is when Texas opened their draw results. And uh, to be honest, it's been pretty humbling. The phone has been ringing like crazy. Most of it has been existing customers that we kind of sent some internal emails to already. And the phone's been ringing pretty hard. Uh, How like long does the application uh, period last there? It started July 1st. When is it open? It started July 1st. So it we kind of had to think outside the box with this one too, Jay, we're kind of doing an internal deadline for us on August 1st. Now there is three different deadlines in there right in the middle of the fall. They're August 15th, September 15th and October 15th, depending on what guys are applying for. Um, but that's right in the middle of your hunting season. Yeah. Right in the middle of hunting season. And, and as far as us here at the office, that's right when we're doing kind of what we call renewal uh, process, which, where we go through every single person in the in the company's account we verify our point our point status matches the state's point statuses it's probably one of our biggest projects of the year is making sure everything is a mirror image of the state websites within our system so that we can send the 2022 renewals and so we decided this year 
that we were just kind of going to dip our toe in the water a little bit on this and guys who really got excited about it and wanted to jump in will we're going to kind of draw the line on august 1st that's going to give us two weeks in front of even the first deadline to just make sure that everything is airtight all the applications are submitted everything's on time and and honestly even just give my girls a little bit of a buffer to make sure that we're taking our time they they're so they're so good at everything else they do thousands of applications in all these different states every year this one's a little new and i felt like we needed to just kind of ease into this and and give them that could change in the future but right now we're going to probably shut it down on August 1st for us here and just make sure it's perfect by the time that first deadline rolls around. Jordan, I've got a question, couple questions for you in regards to uh, starting a new business, starting the draw. It's no longer new. It's been growing like crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's a seasoned company now. But you were with another uh, company for many years and you branched out on your own and, and basically started a new business. One question I would have for you is when, when you made that choice to switch over and start a new business, um, what were some of the fear that you had about starting a new business, if any? Um, and what were some of the kind of, you know, uh, things that you were nervous about as far as it being new? How, and how did, the, how did you handle that transition? Yeah, it's uh, that's a great question, Jay. It's uh, this is the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life. It really is, um, and I definitely believe that uh, the guys that I'm surrounded with are definitely the reason, and the girls I'm surrounded with, that the, the team has made this what it is. I'm I'm the lucky one that gets to sit on the phone and do a lot of stuff, but uh, it, it's been uh, um, God put some amazing people in my life and and they are a, a major factor in why we're where we're at today but even just more specifically you know it was nerve-wracking I got a family I got young kids I, I left a job with benefits and all sorts of uh, you know some exciting stuff that was happening and and I miss those guys it was uh, it was a, a really hard decision but uh, you know they were kind of going in a different direction and I kind of had a vision and um, I, I wanted to, my, my wife wanted to be back in the Southwest. And so we kind of made the jump and, you know, I had to bridge about a, a year, uh, a year non-compete that was in there. And I think that's probably the, the biggest part for anybody starting a new business is kind of the fear of how am I going to survive, be it a non-compete or even just the startup, just getting the ball rolling and the momentum. I can tell you, Jay. I, I don't think a lot of people know this. I sat here in this office every single day for months and months leading up to the opening. And I sat here for three months, three exact months to the day, every single day and never made a dollar. And that's hard. That's a hard thing to, to survive through, to live through. And, and, and then all of a sudden the phone started ringing and it started ringing. And, and I think, you know, again, leaning back on my guys, I, I feel like our customer service, we try hard. I'm not going to say we've we've hit it out of the park every single time, but we damn sure focus hard on that and want to make sure people feel taken care of. We're in the relationship building business. We're not in the application business. And, and we love taking time to get to know the new guys that are calling. And we, 
we want to know what makes them tick and and it's just snowballed from there but i as far as as far as you know i think i don't know i'm i'm a kind of a i guess maybe a spiritual guy god had a plan for me i felt very strongly that this is what i was supposed to be doing jay and and so far so good he he's bridged a lot of gaps that i didn't think were going to happen uh and i didn't know how they were going to happen but i knew what i wanted to do i knew that we could do something a little different and a little bit outside the box from some of the other established companies out there. And, and we're big fans of those guys, Jay. I mean, I got good friends at, at a lot of the, the, the competitors and I'm very grateful for all of them, but I did have a little bit of a different vision. Me and Jason both did. And it's, humbling keeps coming up i don't know how how else to explain it it's been amazing yeah that's awesome um but don't you think in your line of work um you know treating one customer at a time and handling and and talking to them personally and you know that's what i've tried to do with a lot of not only the podcast but my social media stuff and my outfitting is 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 tried to uh, personalize it and and try to handle every question, answer every question that comes in, answer every email that comes in, and you know try yeah. try and give your time uh, to to the customer. And I think and- a lot of times in 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 business when things get too big, that's where things start to go sideways. And my question would be, as you've just grown and grown and grown. How do you continue to keep yourself and, and your people, you know, grounded and making sure that you're focusing on that one-on-one attention? I, I think uh, a lot of it is just, you know, that we've been very, very fortunate getting the guys on the team that we have, the guys that are client-facing, and and just, you know, just something about them is very similar to how me and Jason are in that every every account matters every single person matters and it's not just it's the relationship that that matters and the relationship is what lends you i think to have a genuine concern for someone and what you're doing for them and how you're taking care of them and and you know we brought on casey this last year and this guy is an all-star jay he's picked the ball up and he's running so hard but i'll tell you where i knew probably two weeks in that we had made the right decision was just listening to him on the phone with his guys and and the questions that he's asking and the stuff that he's digging out of the conversation and and i told jason i'm like i can teach anybody the academics of this but you can't teach that you can't teach someone to just genuinely have a concern for the people that he's working with and 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 some of that may start with uh with just uh, almost a self-preservation fear, right? If I don't, I got to take care of this guy because if not, he's going to tell everybody that I that I'm a whore, you know, that I'm bad. But but I, I think it's more than that. I think the longer you spend time on the phone with guys, the more available you are, and you know how it goes, Jay. Like there's times of the year where we are we are in the heat of battle, and I don't get the time that I wish that I did with every single guy. But but as often as I can, when we pick up the phone. I want to be on that call for as long as, as if that guy just wants to BS for a little while, um, fine. Like that's, I love that stuff. I, who doesn't want to talk about hunting, you know, in some context or the other. And I think that's, is where, you know, I, 
I used to get busted up a little bit by my peers and something because I would take too long on the phone and I wasn't just going from one to the next. But at the end of the day, that was kind of our vision here was let's build relationships. And, and I, again, the genuine concern for your friend that you've spent all this time on the phone with it just translates into every other aspect of the business. And, and even just calling a spade a spade, Jay, we make mistakes, right? Like we have times where something slips through the crack or we, you know, something didn't happen the way it was supposed to. And I think the follow through that we try to have in those moments is, is probably what most people don't see, right? Like sure. it's hard to see that because there, that's a less than 1% type situation. But when it does happen, I would, I would stand very squarely and tell you our follow through in those moments is a, above and beyond anything I've ever heard of. We sure. take care of people because they're our friends and that matters to us. Sure. Absolutely. Well, we're kind of, um, all us hunters out here in the Southwest are kind of on pins and needles waiting for Arizona. The credit cards have been hit, but the uh, actual results have not been right. posted yet. Uh, I don't know if you've heard anything, but I, I've got to think it'll be sometime this week where they'll go ahead and turn the portal on and let everybody yeah. know what, you know, what hit that is and what, what unit they got and, and what tags they got. Yeah. We've been checking, uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm every morning I check my portal and I call the, the 602 number to see if either one, <laughs> <laughs> like one of these days they're going to, and we drew some, you know, we have our float service, Jay, where we kind of float the tags and float the, the, the fees and stuff. And Arizona doesn't have floats, but the, the customer may just have just said do everything all at once. So we know we have a few hits uh, on, on that float card. And, and we've had a few customers call in that saw that they had hits on their own cards uh, if they were non-floated. So we're, we're, chomping our teeth over here to to get in there and hopefully they do it any day now or or that's kind of the the last big one of the year so to speak is is waiting on this arizona and we still have a lot of deadlines and a lot of fun stuff to do but not quite to that arizona deer and sheep that one's a super bowl application yeah. for sure it's a big one for sure are you guys um starting to get any moisture at all um down there in New Mexico, uh, how has it been the last couple of weeks? Un unbelievable to be like I've been here. Other than a few years in Nebraska, been here almost 15 years, Jay. And I'll tell you, the front end of this monsoon season for us has been as good as any I can remember ever. Fantastic. Like, yeah, we we're getting like crazy reports of like I don't even dare say it on your podcast because I'll sound stupid, but many many inches. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like when it's hit, it's it's hit big, and um, I'm getting you know more and more reports. It's been a little dry here, say the last handful of days, but it sure hit early. Good. I ho I hope it swings back in and and uh, follows up with you know a handful of more storms. I know over at the Ot Six Ranch, um, you know a lot of Colorado is you know dry, and a lot of the you know I was just into Idaho, and it's really dry. Um, but here in where I'm at fishing uh, in the Roaring Fork Valley, we've got, you know, a couple weeks worth of rain and the Ot 6 just looks incredible. Like, I mean, the grass, you can't even believe it. I'm actually headed over there tomorrow. Yeah. I, but uh, I, it's, I, it's insane. 
we've got a ranch some right close to there that I got pictures of the other day, Jay, and it is green. Yeah. My like wow green up yeah. in that part of the world and uh yeah you know i think for our southern deer down here i'm pretty excited about what it could mean for antler growth like i think it's you know it's coming early enough that we could see some positive effects on that but i'll tell you for the bulls in new mexico maybe and i maybe don't know exactly what i'm talking about but it sure seems when we get this good july early july moisture we might be a little bit past the main growing season, but the density of those antlers is definitely going to be better than it would if we didn't have this sure. moisture. Yeah, I mean, and, I think they finish off strong. Um, you know, yeah. they're, they're towards the end of their cycle of growing, but they finish strong. And I think more than anything, it puts the body, um, uh, you know, their body condition in great position going into the rut, which I think is huge for, for elk hunters. To get the cows to come yeah. in. Yeah, to get Just those to cows get to great come bugling in. And, and, yeah. Yep, yep, I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I think we're, we're going to see a lot less busted antlers in New Mexico by the rifle hunts than we did last year. And I do, I think because of this this July moisture, I think you're you're exactly right. We should have especially compared to last year, a really strong rut. Like, it should be a lot of fun. Well, fantastic. Um, Circling back, uh, anything we missed on Texas, and uh, let people know how they can reach out to you guys and find out more about Texas as well as any of the other states uh, and and if they need help with their applications. Yeah, for sure. Um, Probably the only last two things that I think probably are worth touching bases on on Texas, Jay, is... is, uh, First of all, I don't think I quite covered this exactly. Um, being that it's uh, own, it's very limited access into the state parks and the WMAs and things like that with uh, um, when you draw these, it truly is a DIY experience, right? To include camp, take your buddies in and things like that. So maybe more than I've ever encouraged uh, many guys before that if there ever was a time to be on a party application, Texas makes the most sense maybe of anything else that we've really done in the past. So um, it's a good idea if, if you are inclined to hunt with somebody and you like traveling with guys, there's never been another one that's probably more glaring to consider putting in as a party application with. And then the other one is we kind of talked about all the fees with the adults and stuff. The kids, the kids program, the youth specific applications that are for youth hunters, eight to 17 years old, Jay, is is really another one that guys should seriously consider it's zero dollar application fees it's zero bucks to apply it's zero dollars in access fees and you got to buy a youth hunting license for nine bucks when they get there so if you're between that and our kids apply free program if we've got an adult doing anything in texas we get their kids in and i don't know how to make it any cheaper right like that's this, amazing this it truly is a pushback pretty hard on the idea that hunting is just for the wealthy and, and, and it's really something unique that we found in, in that whole thing. And I think that, uh, um, we're excited about that piece of it. You know, I think Jay, this could be the first product that I really have that in every facet, I feel like is for every budget right? Like I've never done anything. There's definitely some applications out there that between the hunting license, let alone the application, and then the cost of the tag and all things considered, 
it can get a little spendy just just to apply and 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 if you draw let alone uh, a guided hunt on top of it and things like that and this texas thing this is for everybody there i just can't imagine there's that there isn't something for anybody who's wanting to get out and do something a little different and and it really is a lot like going on a public a private land hunt by yourself uh diy type experience so we're excited about it. we hope we hope you guys are too and we get to answer a lot of questions on the phone for sure. Awesome. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? So the, the best way is definitely going to give us a call. Our, our phone number is 575-222-1234. They, they can also look us up on uh, www.thedraw.com. They can reach out on our social media. We have The Draw Facebook and at We Are The Draw on instagram so however there is convenient for them they can give us a call and uh or reach out on social media whatever's best and and we'll make sure they get taken care of jordan it's always great having you on the podcast tell the crew over there hello and i'll be chatting at you down the road okay awesome i sure appreciate your time thanks jay all right buddy take care